Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Happy St. Patrick's Day and welcome to another episode of Irish Illustrated Insider. I'm Pete Sampson, joined by Tim O'Malley, our uh, third colleague, Tim Priester, is somewhere in Brooklyn uh, being a hipster waiting for <laughs> Notre Dame's uh, NCAA tournament tip-off Friday night against Michigan. Um, we're here slaving away with spring practice and you know we saw about 30 minutes of the first practice on Wednesday, talked to Brian Kelly Tuesday and Wednesday, handful of players Wednesday, we'll get... Um, a chance to talk to the quarterbacks on Friday, uh, so we'll get into that in our next podcast. But I don't know, Tim. There was um, maybe no great revelations from the first practice, but it, it was I was intrigued to see the redshirt guys and how they fit in. And you know, is there going to be something on the defensive line from those three right. sophomores? Uh, where does Barajas fit? Um, but particularly Asper Bilal, I think is and Asper Bilal and Sean Crawford to me are like two of the most interesting guys on the team at any position right now. And I'm impressed that Crawford got back so quickly because I just assumed with August sur- August knee surgery that you've got to lose. I know he was faster than four five two in the past, but four five two and asking Cole Luke about it, saying that that kid has not lost any of his yeah. explosion. He's aggressive. That's Cole Luke used the word aggressive. That's what we always used last. August. It's he's the he's the smallest kid on the team. He's smaller than Justin Yoon, mm-hmm. and he is an yeah. aggressive, angry football player. And he's I mean, it's great that he's back this far because without a setback, he'll be fine going yeah. in August. I mean, even going back to watching that kid as a prospect, he just made every play, whether it be in games or camps, combines. It did not matter. He was often the best player on the field, and I I really think last year that was the the most underrated injury yeah. that hit Notre Dame. Uh, because we didn't, unless you had watched him as a recruit, you didn't really know what he was about. Um, but you know, privately, you talk to people around the staff, and they're like, "Man, this was this was a there was a big blow to their defense." Well, just the reality that Matthias Farley the previous year, even though he wasn't the ideal nickel, played well in that role. He he mm-hmm. did some things to help them. Just that there was not even a competition. It wasn't like yeah. well, Farley really helped us. It was well, Crawford's our nickel one week in, and that's just. Yeah, how often do yeah, we? That never happens. We it's, talk about how how much better younger guys have to be to beat out <laughs> older guys. I mean, it it can't be close. Right. It needs to be a blowout. And with Crawford last year, it was a blowout. Like August fourth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I I mean I I think this kid is going to be in for a big year. I don't know if he. I don't think he'll be a starting corner in the way that you know Watkins and Luke will have those jobs. But I think he's going to play play a ton of football, which is. Maybe a good segue into the linebacker position because if you're playing Crawford a lot, are you taking your one experienced linebacker off the field in James Onowalu, or do you try to find a way to cross train him between the will so he can be inside in passing situations? It would be odd for them to take him off. Just how much they like him in zone coverage. That now you yeah. want to remove him from man to man, obviously. But Brian Kelly's talking about how his redirect is better than anybody. He said he's one of the best cover down linebackers he's seen last yeah. year. That's now obviously that's something that's a bit above everybody else all of our mm-hmm. heads when you're watching games, but I wouldn't think you'd take him off. But especially I mean, if he's a captain as well. Right. It's it's yeah, it's also interesting though, like who, Niles Morgan 
you're not removing your Mike linebacker necessarily in a, in a yeah. standard nickel either. It's almost like that special package is where you get that guy. I mean, it, it's very interesting, but you've got to play Crawford. I think in the modern era, a nickel is your base. Mm-hmm. And it's you, you need speed on the field, especially you're not sacrificing something because he is so aggressive. It's not just a guy that can run. Yeah. Uh, you spent more time on the offense on, on Wednesday than I did. Um, you know, quarterbacks are quarterbacks. I don't think there's really anything to, yeah. to read into Malik taking the first step over Deshaun Kaiser. But uh, the receiver position is interesting. Um, we don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole with walk on Chris Finke, who was impressive. Um, I swear, like I, I swear, that guy will be on scholarship at some point You're in right. his, in no, his college would. career. They're um, gonna notice when he always has six yards of separation. Yeah, exactly. You know what? Was there something to take away from the receivers yesterday in terms of how they're rotating the positions that are lined up? Because Brian Kelly said some interesting things on Tuesday about Torrey Hunter maybe playing where Corey Robinson plays. Um, I, I don't I don't know how that's going to shake and out. That's, that's, that was an odd comment. You don't know to take it at face value or not, but that's yeah. kind of one where I, we've always looked at, well, it's Corey Robinson at the W, and what can Boykin do to press him there? Will it be Robinson and Boykin? If you're looking to move your best receiver to a position where Corey Robinson is, that's a, that's odd. Maybe it's just a challenge to Corey mm-hmm. Robinson to, you know, this isn't it's not you and Boykin. We could have Hunter play there. and I mean, that puts... It makes you a faster group if you have Torrey Hunter, uh, your second fastest player as of now, according to the 40 times released mm-hmm. by Kelly. If you put him on the boundary, you're opening up speed to the slot. I mean, that's probably yeah. opening up for C.J. Sanders is the way to look at it because you're not moving him anywhere else. I think they want his quickness out there. There's just so many guys at the X. I mean, it seems like it's St. Brown as of now. It's, yeah. yeah it, you'd but, be shocked if it's not him. But they will rotate, unlike last year, when there was no reason to rotate your ex-wide receiver, who was one of the best players in the country. So I think that's what's interesting, developing those guys to rotate at the X. Hunter can bounce all over the place. I do think Hunter will just move all over the, the formation next year. Yeah, it's I mean, because that was the way he was billed um, you know, two years ago, yeah, was yeah. this guy can play multiple positions, and last year he really didn't. Um, Once again, you're not, even Chris Brown, you'd want to take, he was playing well enough yeah. where you just had those three guys. They were the three guys at one point. Carlisle kind of faded to the background. And yeah, that's three. true. That's true. I'd, I'd be quite curious to see yeah, what happens with Hunter. is Because if Sanders is an every-down slot guy, and in his slot in every-down position this year, because during, if in theory, Durham Smythe is healthy all year, and Alize Jones is making improvements from where he was. You know, Nick Wisher also looks more, again, for a second straight time, like six month period, looks much bigger than he did the previous. I don't think it is an every down position because of Alize Jones could actually. I know it's 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 different, it's different, it's different, but different, but a, a detached Alize Jones with Smythe. Yeah. Presents more problems, especially if he can, he'd have to improve 99.9% as a blocker for this to yes. work. But it presents more problems to have an athlete that is 6'5", 250, 245 detached than it does just little C.J. Sanders. I mean, it's yeah. not that you're not going to use your slot, but the, the 12 package, the two tight ends, is always intriguing. Brian Kelly loves it when it works. It was not an option last year in any way. Yeah, it's a message board favorite formation. It, it, it is a message board favorite. It's, it's, it's kind of a, a, well, you know, it's actually coming out in a... Uh, Soon to be read column on Irish Illustrated yeah. as well, so that's yeah. no, I'm a fan of the twelve package. But uh, no, I think that's a great point. But will it really be at every down position? I, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't see that happening. Offensive line: Mike McGlinchey is he a left tackle? Is he a right tackle? Seems like he's probably going to be a left yeah. tackle. You're the Biven McGovern combination. So at least we got one speculative uh, point right in our <laughs> yeah. previous two months about what spring's <laughs> going to look like. Um, and then Sam Mustafer at center, although it. Kelly's comments about Tristan Hodge seem like they're 
quite high on him as well. And he said he wanted they want must Sam to be the center, which is that he's yeah. but Hodge makes that a problem. So that in, insinuates that the loser there can be the a right guard. Yeah, which actually most likely removes Bibbin from the equation and puts Alex Bars at yeah, right tech. Because Alex Bars is starting somewhere. Yeah, I mean, that's just, not even a not, question. No, of course not. He's just not back yet. And, it's important to get Bivin reps, I think, at this point, too. Yeah, I, I agree. Guys, yeah. You know, in the in the running back position, Polson was back out there. Um, I, I'm not sure what they do with three good running backs, but you have to have three because yeah. one of them's going to get injured. Right, that's that what you do with them. Ha- happens every <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah. You stockpile them. Um, so, ultimately, I feel like, you know, with the, the offensive line, even minus Elmer, Stanley, and Martin, the running back position of Stockton is having two quarterbacks, both are going to play. Um, the strength of that offense is still going to be in the box. Well, yeah, when it's when it's finalized, yeah. I agree. I think the spring first defensive line when we see him hitting in a couple weeks is going to look better than the being under construction offensive line. Yeah, I don't think you'll see that as much when we're in August camp. Yeah, I, I, I think if the spring defensive line is like, wow, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's a work in progress against not total veterans, but those we, we can look at to know what that defensive line is. It's mm-hmm. Rochelle, Jerron Jones. Tillery, Trimbetti, you can get in. Daniel Cage. Yeah. They're going to win in the spring. It's a pretty, like, watching that group, the first four are pretty good. Yeah. Um, You know, it's not a great defensive line, but it's a, it's a, it's a quality, you know. It's hard to run on what we just said. Top 25 defensive line. Um, There's no pass rush ability from that group at at an elite level, at least. I'm writing about that today. And that's been, I mean, that's been, other than 2012, Notre Dame has not had, a, a sack presence. They've 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 never really gotten above mediocre nationally. And I think it was thirty. I think it was thirty four sacks that year. In twenty twelve, yeah. Thirty one came from the defensive line. I include Prince Shembo, obviously, yeah. as a defensive lineman. That's, yeah, that's it, what you want. You want your front four to do it. That's yeah. their job. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's going to change a whole lot this year. But um, in terms of a defense that can get run on or stop the run, I would say this is a defense that's probably going to be able to stop the run pretty well with that group. Yeah, I like the interior three, Jones, Tillery, Cage, and then we'll see what Jay Hayes... I've, I've liked Jay Hayes all the time. We didn't see him at all last year, but as a freshman, I liked him until... I liked him first. Yeah. <laughs> I liked him before it was cool yeah. to like Jay Hayes. It came real cool in yeah. late November of yeah. his freshman year. But no, I, I as a fourth interior guy, that yeah. seems like a good... Yeah. It, it, I think it is important. I think Priester was mentioning, can Taylor play? Do Treadway, can those guys give you what what Cage did as a freshman? Does that make sense? You know, yeah. in that five ten snap range, because it helps to be able to rotate. You guys. need a you need a yeah. Daniel Cage from twenty fourteen. Yeah. You need a Colin Hill from twenty fourteen. September twenty fourteen. Uh, yeah, yeah, September. I think Dalen Hayes can be an improvement on that if he's healthy, and then you know Jay Hayes is certainly going to be better than Daniel Cage freshman year. Daniel right, Cage. Right. Um, I I like the the four guys they have on the interior. I like a lot. I'm I'm quite interested to see what Jonathan Bonner's where his game goes yeah. a little bit. It looked he looks he looks longer to me for some reason huh. when I'm watching them. Like I, I remember him being sort of a short, stockier guy, um, like more square right. built, um, and he seems longer to me for some reason. So I want to watch more of him during spring practice. Um, I think Tillery's very athletic. You know, certainly not Sheldon Day, but. Uh, you like what you have there. I mean, that's going to be a, a really high-quality sophomore defensive tackle. Um, the, you know, hole, it, the hole could be greater on the defensive line this year. They yeah. just don't have Sheldon Day. I mean, yeah. you're not going to have that uh, second and three. Well, it's third and seven. Sheldon Day just shot through and destroyed yeah. the play. But they can 
as a group, if they're deeper for over a thirteen game span, I mean, you can you could see not a drop off on the yeah. defensive front. Before before we wrap up, sort of our spring practice first impressions talk. Early enrollees, you were on offense. All you saw was Stefferson. Yeah. Necessarily, it was on defense where all the guys are. But I mean, Stefferson, from what Lo I saw, I was like, is that I don't. Is that the guy I watched on film? Like it, I, it just—he—he he looked totally different to me than I remember. And, and you know, the coaches did say. I remember watching. I liked him on film, except I didn't agree when the coaches said he'll take the top off the defense. And as yeah. soon as we saw him, he took the top off the defense. Yeah. That, was a, that was a nice post route. It was a Nick Coleman he got, but even it was—it was a well-run route. It had nothing to do with the. You know, you could see the post coming, and he just took it at that yeah. point. And yeah, he's—you wonder because he would be in the mix certainly starting now, but they're bringing in. I mean, there's there's some talented wide receivers coming yeah. along here in August. They'll be deep there. Um, he does get a leg up though. He's gonna know positions. Yeah, and have repped with the quarterbacks. That that always helps. I mean, it is a position yeah. that rarely, if ever, plays as a freshman in Brian Kelly's offense. I mean, short of T.J. Jones, the best you're getting is like the Will Fuller, Corey Robinson, right. five to ten catches. Um, I thought I would that be surprised might... if Stefferson got that much. I would too. I thought that might change, but you know what really stops freshmen from playing this year? If Corey Holmes does anything, we didn't yeah. have Corey Holmes. Wasn't I mean, if you had 10 receivers, you thought he was number 10. Yeah. Yeah, no question. He was the last guy on the list. Right. I mean, yeah, because last last spring when we were talking about Corey Holmes, we were mentioning him with Jalen Guyton, or, or in August, I should yeah. say. It was yeah. like, you know, Guyton, Holmes, Boykin. You, you had Boykin ahead of him, too, because you yeah, could see where he could help. Sanders yeah. was definitely ahead of him. Right. St. Um, Brown was certainly. St. Brown was yeah. way ahead of him. I mean, he was below those guys. So if, if you're getting... Junior, you're Chris Brown out of Corey Holmes. Yeah, right. I, I mean, if you're just getting sophomore, you're Chris Brown out right, of Corey right. Holmes. Like, that's not a bad place for Notre Dame to be. Uh, you know, so the defensive early and release, Dalen Hayes said on its analysis, looks like a million dollars. Um, shoulders a problem, but if he can get that healthy, he can be, I think, a situational pass rusher out of the gate for Notre Dame. Khalid Kareem seems like one of those kids that would benefit from a red shirt just to like physically. Yeah work into his body a little bit more. I don't know if Notre Dame can afford to do that. Maybe they can with if he's because is he at two hundred and seventy pounds already? He's an interior guy. Yeah. Um if he's in it and even if he's a, just a big end behind Rochelle and Bonner, do you need to play your third big end? Um, no, because Rochelle doesn't come out and if Bonner can ascend to what they were talking about previously, yeah. he was the star of one year ago today, Jonathan Bonner in yes. the testing. And then he had the very bad turf toe. It was right. surgery week. Clearly, that destroyed his year. He never really came back from that. Yeah, that was April. Yeah, if you could have Kareem be your third big end, that's a great redshirt situation. Yeah, or if he's your third three technique behind Tillery and Hayes, yeah. again, Still. it's a spot you don't yeah. need to play him. Um, you know, and then that doesn't even get into the do trade plays, Taylors, Tiasums. They need one of those three to make it. To when I say impact, we talked about yeah. it, five snaps a game and. Not a drop off five snaps. It's not oh they got to steal some snaps here. It's, yeah. They need one of those guys to step forward as a redshirt freshman. I'll watch the safeties to wrap up. Uh, Devin Sudsill, I liked his high school film a lot. Um, difficult to read too much into anything. I mean, walk on Chris Finke beat him for a, a huge gain early in practice and just one on one type stuff. So not really that big of a deal. But I think probably what said more of it is. When you watch the defense come out with the first team, he was on it. Yeah, that's um, just faith. For the just head, just the fact that. You, the coaches trust you enough in your first practice that you can go out there and not run in the opposite direction or make sure you have your helmet. I mean, it's for a freshman to to be noticed in that way. And Spencer Perry was a little bit as well. Um, it seems like the secondary, and asked Brian Kelly about this on um, Wednesday, just like, 
Throw them all out there. See, let's see yeah, what happens. Yeah. Um, and they have the bodies where they have the luxury to do that. And I think we'll see as we go along in the spring at some point, we'll say, hey, we haven't seen McKelty Williams, and there he is, rotating in more often. I think yeah. you'll see a lot of guys kind of ebb and flow for those young guys in the spring. Williams, Stud, yeah. Still, Perry. And, you know, I actually got clarification from Notre Dame. I mentioned yesterday that uh, I thought Redfield not being in there right away might be punitive leftover from the Fiesta Bowl. It wasn't. He just happened to be talking to coaches about some things. Yeah, so imagination running wild. I guess the the punishment was a pretty big one, not playing in the Fiesta Bowl. Yes. Bigger than the first spring practice rep that would go (laughs) to the freshmen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Can't disagree with you on that one. (laughs) Well, we'll get our next look at Notre Dame's practice next Wednesday. It's another half-hour viewing. Um, So until then, we won't have a, a whole lot of practice observations. But, again, we'll talk to some players Friday afternoon, coaches Monday. The players. The Friday players. Afternoon. The yes, quarterback the players. Uh, so that's it for segment one on Irish Illustrated Insider. As you may or may not know, Notre Dame has a junior day coming up this Saturday, so we'll preview that next. back to segment two of Irish Illustrated Insider. It's the third weekend of March, the most wonderful time of the sports calendar. I'm, of course, talking about Junior Day at Notre Dame on Saturday. Pete, uh, more than two dozen prospects coming in and 20 of them four stars. Yeah, pushing 24 star prospects. Um, it's I, When I'm looking at Junior Day lists, I sort of evaluate it um, maybe less so about the stars and maybe more about the geographical reach of it because that shows the organization of your recruiting staff. So when you're getting kids from Georgia, California, Texas, Connecticut, Florida, um, Nevada, like that's 10 plus states spread across the country. To to be able to pull off a national junior day is very, very difficult. Um, So I'm going to – I give – Mike Elston, the recruiting office, a lot of credit for their organization, and that and that really was what Notre Dame needed to push their recruiting up a notch was a better organizational product, and I, I think that they have that now. So, you know, last year's Junior Day, the returns were were pretty minimal. Tony Jones and Julian Love both committed. Um, that was also during the first weekend of March Madness, as you probably don't <laughs> yeah. remember. Um, Not as much as you would, of course. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Altered your day a little bit. Updating right? stories yeah. during games. Um, you know, this year, are they going to add probably a couple? Yeah, I, w- I would think so. I mean, you've got Avery Davis, the quarterback from Texas, is coming in. Um, that's the big name to watch. Uh, you know, Hendon Hooker, the other quarterback from North Carolina, visited earlier in the week, had some good things to say about it. But um, Notre Dame needs to get one of those guys. I'd be pretty surprised if they didn't. Um, you know, other guys on commitment watch, they've got some offensive linemen. Blaze Andrews is interesting to me. He's an offensive tackle from Minnesota. Um, has one of those guys who wasn't really a big name in recruiting and then within two weeks picks up offers from, you know, the entire Big Ten. So he's somebody to watch. Um, I really like Tariq Black and Troy Blunt, Trey Blunt. They're two receivers, both four-star guys, um, top 200 overall prospects, um, both high academic kids. Blunt is from Pace Academy in Atlanta. Where Notre Dame got a preferred walk-on last year. It's an area they want to recruit more. And uh, Black is a super high academic kid from Cheshire Academy out in Connecticut. So those are two good fits. So I I think this is in some ways going to feel like the start of Notre Dame's recruiting campaign. That It's not because it takes a lot of behind-the-scenes effort to get this junior day put together. But um, would not surprise me if, if Notre Dame added two, three, four guys in the course of the next two weeks. Maybe not as the event's happening. Um, and sometimes people get a little overly worked up about the timing of 
prospects, but to be able to log all these visits, and a lot of them are good fits for Notre Dame, I, I think it's pretty impressive. You mentioned the two wide receivers. Do you see a do you see a three receiver cap on this class? Considering they only lose Robinson, and I mean Hunter will probably come back for a fifth year. Yeah, and there's so much young. I know you have to bring in plenty of wide receiver talent for this system. But yeah, I, th- I think that they'll they'll take. They would take two to three, two to three. every year. Yeah. Um, you know, somebody's going to wash out. Yeah. Um, I I think that they will probably try to stay away from the Miles Boykin, Chase Claypool body type, right. um, and get more of the long, the more maybe an Equimini St. Brown, a Hunter type. You um, like those six five, two hundred pounders that can run types? Is your first yeah? Story. If, <laughs> if you could find those guys, that'd be great. They're just difficult. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and Blunt and Black are uh, six three, six two, under two hundred pounds. Uh, more of your prototypical wide receivers. So I think those those are the guys they'll target. And, I mean, Notre Dame's class overall, really, where the the work needs to be done most is on the defensive side of the ball. They have no commitments right now after Robert Beal's uh, decommitment. Haskell Garrett, the Ohio State commit from Bishop Gorman, will be here. I would not expect him to flip. Kurt Hinnish is interesting. He's Goes to Pittsburgh Central Catholic. Um, David Adams is a little four-star linebacker, also Pittsburgh Central Catholic. That's where DeMar Hamlin, the cornerback from last cycle, went. Um, these kids are sort of predisposed for Notre Dame in a lot of ways. Corey Malone Hatcher um, and Phil Paya, the sort of Southwest Michigan four-star defensive lineman. A lot of those don't exist, um, so it's important to get one of those, one of those guys, probably both of those guys, but... Um, I mean, overall, junior days, how many states, what geographical reach can you get from, and then just logging the visits overall. Right. Um, you need these. You can't be making your first introduction on an official visit in September. And a lot of times Notre Dame is they're forced in that position because it costs money to get yeah. to Notre Dame from California. But um, they've done a pretty good job assembling this list. We'll see how it all comes together over the weekend. There are always scratches at the last minute. Um but overall, this is this is this is really one of the more impressive junior day lists that Notre Dame has put together since Brian Kelly has been here. And there's a basketball game. There is a basketball yeah. game on Friday night that uh, hopefully it doesn't go too late, yeah. so these prospects are tired <laughs> during their campus tours on Saturday. But uh, yeah, Notre Dame, Michigan, Friday night, junior day Saturday. We've got interviews Friday afternoon and then Monday morning. Hopefully, we'll see a Notre Dame basketball game on Sunday. Yeah, as well. hopefully Sunday night against, as well against West Virginia, and then our next podcast. We'll be back Monday afternoon, uh, Monday, March 21st, after we talk to, I think, offensive assistants. Okay. So we got Sanford, Booker, Denbrock, etc. Hopefully we'll get a Maybe chance get to catch up with Harry Heastay because yeah. we did not talk to him on National Signing Day. So He's actually important to talk to this time with all the young guys. Very, very important to talk yeah. to. So until then, um, you've been listening to another edition of Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. I'm Pete Sampson. He's Tim O'Malley. Hopefully we'll be rejoined by Tim Priester on Monday. So until then, thanks for listening.